Good day to you, and welcome to Fascinating. I am your host, Rick, from Planet Vulcan. My continuing mission on planet Earth, to search for signs of intelligence and to encourage its spread. I would like, before we begin our program today, to reply to a rumor that has been going around, which has come to my attention, which is that I, Rick, am not really a Vulcan. I can only say, in response to this rumor, that nobody who knows me would dispute the claim that I am from another planet. You might recall that senior contributing editor Prego Denata penned an essay during season one titled Ganja Golf, which not only contained suggestions for deriving satisfaction from the game and suggestions for how using ganja during practice sessions can help one learn, but also showed how the game of golf can be a metaphor for so much else. Recently, Prego has been pursuing an understanding of meditation, specifically the modern form of the traditional religious practice born on the Asian continent, and particularly looking into proposed explanations of what meditation is and what it's good for. Here is Prego's report on what he has so far discovered. It wasn't long after I started looking into the practice of meditation that it occurred to me that the things I was learning could be applied to the game of golf, and that the game of golf could be a laboratory for evaluating the Buddhist way. I myself have always played golf the Celtic way, and it's interesting to contrast the Celtic way with the Buddhist way. For example, in Celtic golf, you try to drive the ball deep into the fairway. In Buddhist golf, you just try to avoid the rough. In Celtic golf, you accept the risk that comes along with going for it if the potential reward makes it worthwhile. In Buddhist golf, you just try to minimize the probability of there being any downside in any shot selection. In Celtic golf, you try to sink long putts not only to pursue a better score, but even more importantly, to experience the exhilaration of watching a long putt occasionally drop. In Buddhist golf, you just try to avoid the three-putt. In Celtic golf, you pursue the feeling of pleasure, dare I say, ecstatic euphoria, that comes from making good shots, making good decisions about risk, and carding a low score. In Buddhist golf, in all circumstances, you apply the general rule of Buddhism, which is that you must try to avoid pain and suffering. I don't know about you, but one golfing experience among many that I would not want to have missed, no matter the amount of suffering I had to endure, was when I hit my drive over the roof of the Old Course Hotel and onto the fairway on the 17th hole of the Old Course at St. Andrews, known as the road hole. And notwithstanding that I suffered immediately and intensely two shots later and took an eight on the hole after sculling a pitch shot over the green and up against the wall across said road, I think of that drive often with enormous satisfaction and I believe I will treasure this memory always. The more I reflect on Buddhism as a guiding light for how to play golf, I'm thinking that there's not much point to playing the game at all. 
if you're just hoping to get through your 18 holes without having to endure any suffering, and you place no value on the joyful side of the experience, or indeed any awareness of this possibility. And I wonder what to think when all I hear about from proponents of Zen is how our natural conscious state consists of fear about the future and regret for the past. And the hook, the big appeal, is how Zen practice will help you to deal with fears and regrets. Wait, what? My heart goes out to my fellow earthlings. Are there really so many who haven't yet stumbled upon the possibility of anticipating the future and feeling satisfaction with the past? I'm wondering if I continue to look into the modern manifestations of these ancient traditions, will I ever find someone talking about achieving momentous joy? Or will I just hear about how I must try to achieve zero? You know, because of the fear and regret part. For now, I myself am going to stick with the Celtic way of golf. I must say, though, that I do believe one can find value in the practice of meditation. It is, for example, a good thing to cultivate the ability to enter into a state of detachment, and meditation is one path to achieving this ability. And introspection, that is, thinking about thinking, specifically your own thinking, is an important part of a fulfilling existence. And by aiming at fulfilling your own existence, you coincidentally enrich the existence of those around you at the very least, to the extent that they can learn from your example, whatever lesson there is to be learned, even if the lesson is, don't do what he did. And yes, I am familiar with the claim that zero is not the same as nothing. I find this claim reasonable, and from what I have gleaned, the zero state can be a sort of gateway to a particular sort of experience of one's consciousness experienced as it can be when your consciousness is free for the moment of having to concern itself with its basic mission, the thing that led to the evolution of consciousness, which is go after food without becoming food. The ability to achieve temporary freedom from this constraint opens the door to all sorts of marvels of the imagination. And you might even achieve insights that you would never have arrived at without putting yourself in this state. With help from meditation, perhaps. And, just like purity, very restful every now and then. And I believe that the practice of meditation, if your goal is to have an experience that expands your consciousness, is a weak substitute for psychedelics, which are both more reliable and more effective. For myself, I would say that I do not regret having spent some time investigating Eastern religions and the practice of meditation. And casting about in my mind, I do not find anything to make me fearful of the fact that I anticipate spending my time on other things in the future. Thanks to Prego for his thoughts on the most satisfying way to play the game of golf. And I would add that I second his opinion on the use of mind-altering herbs and drugs. My Vulcan friends and I very much enjoy the experience we have after eating the chocolate that comes from your planet.
I invite you to have a listen to the next installment of Fascinating. Please provide feedback to these podcasts if you are so inclined. You may contact me by sending an email to Senior Contributing Editor Prego Denata. Prego Denata at gmail.com. And if you find the lessons from nature in these podcasts personally valuable, please recommend it to your friends. Theme music, coming back to life, with thanks to Pink Floyd. Live long and prosper. Savor your experiences and treasure your memories. And respect nature's wisdom. <laughs>